And as you mature in this business, you understand that that is really what you're here for. From RevThink, you're listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast, a conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. I'm Joel Pilger. Today is our first annual Promax BDA Roundtable Podcast, where Tim Thompson and I have a candid conversation with five amazing guests, namely Alberto Sirocco, Josh Norton, PJ Richardson, Lori Zlotnick, and Patalia Tate. Welcome to Rev Thinking. RevThink leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Now here is your host, Joel Pilger. Hey, it's Joel. Welcome back to the podcast. We took a break for part of the summer here. Sorry we were AWOL, but RevThink and the team were back with another podcast and getting back on track as we head into the fall. Now, back in June, we had a really exciting opportunity because the Promax BDA conference every year, it's it's like a family reunion. And I love going back there to see all of my friends. These are former clients, former colleagues, uh, former employees. And it's just a great opportunity to see all of the people in the entertainment marketing industry. Well, as we were out there, of course, uh, Team RevThink, we were out there in force as well, working alongside a lot of our clients. Well, Tim and I had this idea. We said, wouldn't it be really great to take advantage of this opportunity of everyone being in one place at one time and grab a bunch of folks and do a roundtable podcast with our clients? So these are owners of some of the top agencies and studios and production companies. So we grabbed Alberto Sirocco. He's a principal at Left Channel. Josh Norton, who is the principal at Big Star. And PJ Richardson, who is a principal at Laundry. Now, these guys represent sort of the center of the country, the New York market, and the LA perspective. But then just to mix it up a bit, we also invited some people from the client side to give us a contrasting perspective. We brought in Lori Zlotnick. So Lori is a former TV executive who was most recently at NFL Network, Outdoor Network, Fox, and even Bravo. But then at the last minute, I bumped into one of my former clients and now friend, Patalia Tate. Patalia is a vice president of marketing and creative strategy at Scripps Networks Interactive. And Patalia was nice enough to accept my invitation to join in the roundtable as well. What ensues is a really candid and fascinating conversation from both the client and the agency perspective. I know you're going to love it. It's a really unexpected and unusual opportunity to hear all of these people address these various topics all in one place at one time. Now, a couple quick announcements. RevThink is going to be coming back to Los Angeles for another Promax BDA Creative Entrepreneurs Conference. So this is a one-day conference. Think of it like a workshop. We're going to be doing one again at Terranea at the end of October, and our topic is going to be profit. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about profits? What are they? How do we get more of them? And so forth. So it's going to be a really great event. We look forward to seeing you guys. The date for that event is Friday the 27th. So be sure to put that on your calendar. And stay tuned. We've got other conferences and things coming up where 
Tim and I and our team, we will be out there in Los Angeles, New York, potentially Europe. So we look forward to seeing you guys. You can stay tuned with the Rev Thinking mailing list or our Facebook group. And of course, uh, if you're involved in one of our ongoing programs, you will receive regular updates. Okay, let's move on to the podcast with our guests at our first annual Promax BDA Roundtable. Enjoy. So great to be with you all. This is an experiment here at Promax. We're calling this our first annual first annual roundtable. And I just want to give each of you an opportunity to introduce yourself. So I'll first start with you, Alberto. Hello. Um, tell us tell us who you are. Alberto Scirocco. I'm a designer at heart. I run a motion design studio called Love Channel. Uh, and I'm meeting here. We've been talking about just getting a few folks together with some uh, egos and <laughs> opinions around the table just to see how uh, we might ignite some conversation. So, yeah, excited to be here just to... See how things will roll out. All right, Josh, your go. Uh, hey, I'm Josh, um, founder of Big Star in New York. We do a lot of work for entertainment marketing. Happy to be here. It's good to see familiar faces and hang out with you all and kind of, you know, get the conversation started. It's really interesting. Yeah. And our L- our LA representative, PJ, yeah, PJ Richardson. Uh, PJ Richardson from Laundry, uh, executive career director and co-founder, designer at heart. I thought that's a good, uh, yeah, that's a nice good way to explain. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly it. And uh, uh, meeting a ton of new people here, with the exception of the RevThink guys. But uh, what awesome to chat and, and looking forward to, to diving into some cool topics. And from sort of our client representatives. We're calling it. We have Laurie. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Laurie Zlotnick, and I am the CMO and brand architect at Equity Marketing. And I spent the first part of my, the majority of my career, um, building brands and launching brands on the inside, on the client side for major media, entertainment, sports, and um, counterculture lifestyle brands. And who are some of those brands? Just give us a quick list. Um, some of those brands included um, Disney Channel, Bravo, NFL Network, um, Fuel TV, Fox Reality Channel. Fantastic. And Patalia, one of my old clients <laughs> I worked with back in the day when I was running my agency. So oh, yeah, inter- yeah, please yeah. introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Patalia Tate. I'm currently I'm a VP of Marketing and Creative Strategy for Scripps Networks. Um, positioning the brand to the our community marketplace. My background includes a lot of brand building and creative strategies for brands like A&E, History Channel, Food Network, launching uh, Cooking Channel, and the uh, uh, relaunch of Travel Channel when it became part of Scripps. So a lot of brand building background, creative strategy background, positioning brands, positioning networks. My name is Tim Thompson. I am the founder of RevThink. We're the industry's uh, leading consultancy in helping creative entrepreneurs. Um, and I'm excited to be here because this is a kind of a dream come true to kind of hear both sides of a conversation. I feel like I, I try to come alongside as many uh, creative people as I can. And I'd love to hear the insights that would come out of a conversation like this. So yeah. thanks for pulling this together. I think my where I want to start is I know that there are a lot of optimists among us here and I find that a very peculiar attribute. I'm curious, have you always been 
optimistic people? Or is that something that you've learned and had to grow into and become? Always been. Always been? Yeah. And was this uh, from your earliest days, even before you were designing or creating? I think, in a sense, more so earlier. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so think, naive uh, and optimistic. Yeah. So, yeah. I, think, uh, I, think I, I think I was born into a world of opportunity, and then the world kind of beats some of that out of you. All right. with learn. But yeah, I just, I don't know, I always saw, I always saw the table was laid, and you know, that's always how life always felt to me. I always saw beauty and chance around me. So we did this uh, exercise where you pretend to have a box and you give the box to the person and the person has to open the box and they say, what's in the box? Mm, teddy bear. Yep. And then we pass it around the room and every time someone opened the box, there was always something in the box. Like the imagination works. But when you give a creative entrepreneur that problem, they're always afraid like, yeah, but what if it runs out? But you can, you can start trusting, especially years and years and years, they're like, look, there's always something in the box. There, it will always be there. There'll always be something to produce. So trying to get over that fear and start to you know, involve and invest into something else. And so when you open that box and it's a surprise, it's not the right kind of surprise sometimes. It's not the best thing. Bingo. Yeah. But it's, it's something. There's always something. And so yeah. it's really, a, is there something else that you can trust? Because I know it's not always gratifying, right? But the thought is, is that beyond just being the creative that you are, which requires one kind of mind, you're also a business owner. And that the creative and the business is what you put together to make your career. It's the thing you're going to retire with, is the com combination of both. So how do you listen to one and trust the other? Well, it's, sometimes it's not, you, you, what you want is not what it needs. I mean, you could want to make a to character animation or whatever it is, but if the audience is not in need of that or not going to improve upon what... So I have this phenomenon that the television that I fell in love with and I want to be involved with was gone before I even got started in the industry, right? And you've told me that you saw the seven title sequence and inspired you to, to get into the industry, yet by the time you got in, titles weren't... That, well, that age was, was almost over. Yeah. You know, seven title sequence was like a trigger for me. Literally watching it as a sophomore in high school my buddy Tim Nugent sitting next to me and I and it started playing and I was like okay this is what I want to do with my life like and I, and I was like okay so it's mixing film and graphic design and you know editorial and music and sound effects and all of that stuff making this beautiful mess out of it and by the time I was graduating from college and I made it to New York and I started working with stuff like real stuff you know, David Carson was no longer a superstar and that kind of feeling of like, let's make a beautiful mess was kind of gone. Mm -hmm. But there was something else there in, yeah. that, in that box in your proverbial box, yeah. there was something else there. It's hilarious, those are the exact two people that are, or pieces that I had right. explained to my managing director the other day as to why I got into motion yeah. graphics. Literally, those An entire generation has the same David stuff. Carson and the seven titles events. Yeah. Because yeah. you're in the underworld and there is your love. Do you remember that sequence yeah. you gave you see that? Mm -hmm. So Underworld as, you know, in their incarnation of design firm, they were just, you know, this great inspiration of like, this is what can be, you know? And then Carson just came right after that on yeah. the tail of that just like purely, you know, let's just tear it all apart. And it was just a world of potential, right? And I think we just got into a business with a sense of like bounty, right? There's a potential, there's a chance of like, just go out and explore 
And I think the business thing just kind of falls on you, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's not what you signed up for. You signed up for the creative. You come in as a designer, yeah. and then you're just driving a bus. And now you're but they don't bus prepare driver. people for creative people to be in business, to no. be in the business yeah. of business. Uh, and creative is a business. Yeah. And I don't think that they effectively prepare creative executives either. Well, I shouldn't even call them executives. I mean, it's like they don't, they don't prepare creative minds to interface well with corporate executives on a level where it just flows naturally and organically. And to run a business, it's a business, but like you were saying this afternoon, there's two sides to that brain, and unless you can flip back and forth, okay. it, be, it feels very awkward and yeah. unnatural. Right. It's only when you become a business owner that you realize how little you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you, you like you were like, oh, I thought I knew it all as a creative, and then you you have these conversations with clients where you're like, oh, just because I want to do that, it doesn't mean it makes any sense right. whatsoever for this entire brand like it's this is just a small part of it and it's but, but isn't creativity just the basic idea of it is solving a problem right so mm. is, it, is it is it maybe that creatives don't haven't really thought of it as problem solving so if you're if you're sort of in this executive to your point about not understanding mm -hmm. how to connect with executives because they they look to creatives like i have this project or this problem to solve or this strategy, how can we creatively solve it? Is that, is creatives not pivoting to that idea? Yeah, but the or solution... does that make sense? Or it does. But the solution is, is subjective. That's the thing. Right. It, and okay. what, the reason, the reason why I even started doing what I do is that I was responding to the, in an industry that the business owners were not creatives and they were actually running things and creating almost just solving problems and the creative was being pushed back mm -hmm. and I grew up especially at imaginary forces learning creative has to win and you're supposed to react to the creative mind but the creative mind is starting with a blank piece of paper like there's nothing like that you have to open the box and every time you have to open that box and hope there's something in there and then you pull something out but you don't know what it was until you discovered right. it but isn't the box the, the problem to solve? I mean, it's kind of how you're looking at it. Well, I think, I think creative people answers. have to train yeah. their clients, too. I, yeah, and, I mean, and I, 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 I agree with that because the creatives are sort of helping the client see how to solve the problem. I think it's deceptive, With the creative though. energy that they bring to it. So they're looking for that expertise. Like how, like, they, and you're right, they have this sort of... I have a problem, blah, 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 blah. If they could pivot to how creatives can be problem solvers, and if creatives can pivot into how they can have the mindset that creative is also strategy, how do we both sort of pivot? That's a, that's a very well-developed sense of creative professionalism is what you're describing, and I think that I could probably say all three of us started off as artists. Right. And artists... Um, don't solve other people's problems. They ask questions. They express themselves. So when you come from that culture and that state of mind where you're creating work to challenge the status quo, to express yourself, and then you're put into a profession or you go after being in a profession 
where you need to use that same energy to solve other people's problems. Exactly. There's a big bridge to cross there. Right. And I think that's the difference between, and because I grew up in a family of artists and I'm around artists in my life, that's just how it's been for me. You know, and I, I admire artists' um, life of expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, I'm a creative professional. So I solve other people's problems with mm-hmm. my artistic energy. And that's, I, I think, a clear difference between what an artist is mm-hmm. and what a creative professional is. Well, I would it's also add a, excellent a, point. Yeah. a dimension to what you were saying, Patalia, about, yes, we're solving a creative problem. But there's also another dimension, which is not necessarily your problem, which is you're running a business too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's actually two problems. Mm-hmm. So if you hire me and I'm you're my client and we're doing a project together, yes, I'm trying to solve your creative problem. But I'm also at the same time trying to solve a business problem that is really not your issue. Mm-hmm. My business problem is... I have to find the right talent and have the right resources right. and, you know, obviously maintain all these things. It's the classic, I've got to make payroll next week. Yeah, you're pulling that thing out of the box. The thing you pull out of the box has to solve your client's problems, right. the client's issues, your strategy that they're trying to accomplish, exactly. your own personal finance issues, your employee's payroll, you know, the your landlord's rent. That one box, when you open up that thing they pull out, has to be worth that much. Right. And to make it worse, this is a very competitive environment. There are a lot of people that if you don't want to solve that problem, someone's right there to snatch it right away from you. So you don't even give it a second and third chance. You have to pitch against others, right? To pull it out of the box and then be, you know, not accepted to the game even sometimes is very hurtful. I would just say one thing really quickly, which is I don't like to call these situations problems at all. Because mm. I think that's the I wrong agree. approach. Wrong word. I, I think it's the wrong word. That's I think true. there's that's negative true. connotation to that. I think it's it's finding ways to communicate, you know, messaging and express emotion and create something amazing. And you, like that's the way we try to approach right. it. The minute we say, hey, we have to solve this problem, it sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. It sounds like some a, a, a task to do. Um, and we don't like to look at our work that way. Right. Um, and also, you had mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, like this idea of losing a pitch. I've never lost a pitch. I haven't won a lot of them. <laughs> um, That's awesome. We don't lose pitches. It's not like that. You know, it's like, yeah, we didn't win it, but we did our best work in the space that we could for the project. And well, sometimes like, it is the best work, and I just want you to know that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> because, I, Lori, I, I agree you, with you. I will mean, tell you that sometimes it is the best work, and it comes down to politics. And, you know, for me, I'm a unique profile. I sat in on the client side and I ran both creative and strategy. So, you know, in managing creative folks and managing, you know, marketing executives are very, very different beings and, and, and how you have to feed and, and, and nurture those, those personalities and, and souls is very, very different. Yeah. And, um, and sure. I will tell you, politics sometimes rules out and sometimes the worst work is what trumps and prevails because somebody somewhere says we want it to look like everything else and you're trying desperately as an internal client to not look like everybody else to not homogenize everything to break through the clutter and um so i would even say that you know from the client side and i've had the perspective of being on both sides but from the client side there's a lot of challenges and issues to be managed, and it's not always about the work. 
So it's about the strategy, and if somebody's work, like you were saying, is subjective, and they like it better because it reminds them of something in their childhood or whatever, it just, you know, you you sometimes have to fold. So Mm -hmm. let me me change the topic just slightly, but in response to Josh, not what you said, but how you said it, there does seem to be a point in experience where as you're dealing with the challenges of a daily, on a daily basis, that eventually you become positive about it. You start becoming optimistic and you recognize things as not issues, but opportunities, or you're actually, there's something that allows you to strive for something better, and then you know that you've put the hours in that you actually can achieve it. Yeah. Right? Actually, I, I was gonna make that point. I, I, when problem solving doesn't have to feel like a negative, because you're solving something, giving a client a way to, because quite frankly, it is, we need to grow an audience. Okay, that's a problem we need to solve. Mm-hmm. Give us a great idea of how mm-hmm. we do that. We, we need to, we've got competitors who are taking away and we're not differentiated enough. How do we solve that problem creatively? So you're coming, the solve is a positive, mm-hmm. but they're always gonna come with, this is something that we're not doing. Right. Help us creatively figure that out subjective. using yeah. your whatever. But but there it, it is subjective. But there are sorry, objective. but there are core things that they need to yes. to to at least get over this hump to be able to grow their business. Everybody's in yeah. the, yeah, the in minute, the market of growing a business, so I they're using the minute, their creativity yeah. to help them figure out that out. I think the minute so, we stop solving the problem yeah. we're, we're no longer the expert and then it's it, it, and then it's, it's it, it is subject right. it is created for there there's no purpose to the creativity right so it's creativity with a purpose so it's yeah. either creativity because you think it's good but it didn't solve something for what 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 the brief was there so for. Well, I also like, like look at our work as being all that subjective uh, you know, I, I yeah, think, I I think mean, there's I, an I, element I, to that, but right. I think that it's, as you described, it's, uh, cre- what it's saying, purposeful it's, it's, creativity. It's purposeful. Yeah. There's objectives that need to be reached, and you need to check those boxes. And as you mature in this business, you understand that that is really what you're here for. Yeah. The primary thing. And we, the semantics aside, yeah, it's problem solving. But, you know, we're we're romantic optimists. All three right. of us, I can definitely say that. Yeah. You have to be in order to run a boutique creative shop. Like you have to be an optimist and you have to, you know, kind of love what you do. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta service. But one day you client. recognize that's what you are actually doing for a living, right? You stop almost fighting the idea that you hope someday right. that you'll achieve this goal, but you realize, no, I'm, this, is, this is my career. Well, I've when you're really going. good, you can detach your ego and still bring passion to it, Absolutely. to other okay. people's problems. Right. And that's, again, the separation between the artist and the professional creator. But that's the exciting part about the business, right? It, it, well, it's, it's interesting. We see millions of people see our work. That's exciting, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know? And we have all these great tools, and in the right circumstances, we have excellent partners. And we can well, create a lot of beautiful noise. It's that's like, like kid ourselves. It's like it's like thrill seeking a bit. Like it's yeah. you know you you, <laughs> you drive the dirt bike off the jump, and sometimes yeah. you land it, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It is. It's every part of it, from pitching to. I'll admit, even when you lose, like it's funny. It's good run. The dice. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Uh, PJ, how many years have you been? How many have you owned laundry? Oh, 11? Laundry, Josh. Uh, it's been 14. 14? Over 15 years with Left Channel? That's right. Right? 
Um, Pataya, how many years have you been in the industry at Scripps? Or? Um, so before Scripps, I was with A&E and history, part of launching those brands. So yep. I've been on the side where building a brand position, building a brand identity, giving a So you've been working with position. these guys for, for those many years? Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then Lori, how about you? How many? Gosh, I mean, in media, on the client side, I've been on the client side since the early 90s. Yeah, right. Mid-90s. So think about, think about who you were at five years into the industry. Uh-huh. And what would you tell yourself? Now that you know what you know, what would you tell yourself, your five-year-old self in this industry now? What do you wish you knew then, or what advice would you give them? That's a good question. I, I just know it on the head. I, I thought of myself as an artist for like the first... 10 years of my career and not like a creative uh, professional. Yeah, it, you know, I think you, I think when you do it for yourself and think that doing it for yourself is what's going to solve people's problems, you, you're... In over your head? In over your head, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even want to talk to that guy. <laughs> I mean... I think I remember that guy. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I, I kind of like, I, I, I like the, the route that I've taken. I, and I think all of those lessons yeah. and bumps in the roads and, and yeah. has been totally yeah. necessary. So I, I don't know that I would look back and say anything, but um, yeah. But so someone right now is only five years in the industry, and they're listening to this podcast. Okay. What would you tell them? My person? line that I usually use is like, if you want to grow a business, the people that you want as your clients, they don't just want you to be a good designer. They also want you to be a good person. Like, be a good person. Be a you know somebody that they would trust babysitting their children. Yeah, seriously, cool. the stakes on the other side of the table are very high. People will protect themselves and their careers, and you have to be trustworthy. It's number one. That's cool. Um, so be great. There's a lot of great people, but you know you can't trust everybody. So make sure that you're trustworthy and do what you say. And if you do that long, that's a great one. Work out. How about you, Alberto? You know, I don't know, because I think I would have some advice from a business standpoint. I think from a design standpoint, there was being a very organic growth. I got into the business at a time where the business wasn't, wasn't even really a business. Uh, it was just a world of opportunity, and it was an opportunity to explore a new medium, and that's what got me into it, right? I didn't really care about the business aspect of it. I just wanted to do great work. I mean, that's what drove me into design was the fact that I had a feel for something that I knew I could do well. And this was a place of most potential at the time. It was really the new frontier. I could do that better than most, mm-hmm. right? And I could see, I saw the potential of what this thing could be. I saw what was out there and I thought, well, what's out there is just nothing. This is just a tip of the, there's so much more that we can do with this, right? And I wanted to do that, right? You're talking about creative problems. This is not creative problems. There's no such thing as a creative problem. There's only creative opportunities. Right. Yeah. For us, you know, it's like it's like you see somebody. There playing. are marketing problems with creative yeah, solutions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. So, I would even I mean, say there are yeah, issues to be managed. Not problems. So you're totally coming agree. up with a creative solution for us. A I mean, creative story that helps. Well, it, it, it's it, just think about yourself mm-hmm. communicating, right? You don't sit and think. How am I going to express this next sentence? Right? It just naturally you express it next sentence, right? It's just natural for you. This is our language. We this is how we speak. So for us, it's natural. The solve is a natural part. Uh-huh. It's all the other aspects of it that we battle with, right? It's like keeping people happy in the studio, keeping uh-huh. you know just keeping all the, the the economy and the 
balance of the of the, the business aspects of it. That's the stuff that you have to contend with and it takes thinking, but mm-hmm. the design, that's that's the easy part, that's our language. So uh, we got into it because we were, I think, excited. But you said you talked about seven. I'm talking about you know Underworld and seven yeah. and everything else. It's like tomato oh. attic. Right, right, right. Yeah. Tomato, I mean, it's just there's this opportunity, right? Just I want to be in it because I want to make mm-hmm. it great. Mm-hmm. And then you know that you're in it for a long time. The business change and and today it's you know the business is kind of going through this transition. When in many ways people are just looking at it and and, and I you know they, don't want to be disruptive by saying that, but in some ways, people look at it with the wrong attitude. It's like, oh, what's what's out there that I should also be doing, mm-hmm. right? All this idea of trends, and then everybody investing into the same look, and all these very homogeneous experiences are out there. You know, that's that's a I, I look at that the wrong way to look at design in many ways. But you know, there's a massive amount of opportunity out there that can still be explored. But we do have to contend with the business aspects of it as well. So that's, you know, those might very well be the problems, right? Yeah. You were saying something about optimism a minute ago that reminded me of something that I've shared with, I think, my closest friends through the years. And it's the, that the entrepreneur doesn't have the luxury of being a pessimist. No. No. No, you don't. Not so if we want to stay in business. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, I mean, that's what's implied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you know, yeah. like, right? In other words, the, the, the entrepreneur that is a pessimist is not down. an entrepreneur for very long. Yeah, negativity <laughs> would break you down. Did you ever have a moment where you had to like overcome that? I've had moments where I've been genuinely scared about um, spending ten plus years creating debt for myself. You know. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty hard reality to look at. Like, wow, I've I've worked all the way through my twenties, ninety hour weeks, and you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and all all the things that people say. But what is the sum of all this stuff? Great stories, great experiences, so on and so forth. But I'm not going to walk away from this effort with six figure debt. Yeah, like that's yeah. scary. Which is, you know? and that's, which that's happened to me. Has, not not yeah, as right, it happened to me as and I'm leaving it, but where like you know, wow, we've been slower than I had ever expected, and I have a staff, and the feeling is like a bad gambler, mm-hmm. staying at the craps table. That's right, the right. image that like has stuck with me. It's like, am I that guy that can't leave the craps table? Yes, and keeps rolling the dice, yeah, right. and um. Luckily, uh, you know, I've had some good roles in the past few years and things have gone pretty well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, but you have to, you kind of have to believe in making good decisions and putting your best efforts forward will take you through, Yeah. you know. But, you know, sometimes, you know, call it politics or call it, you know, relationships that you're not part of. Mm-hmm. Things that, there are a lot of things that are out of your control. A lot. Here's the thing: you're gonna fail no matter what. Yeah, they're gonna fail. And that's the thing that I think that that's interesting about the 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 problem solving aspect, especially on the marketing side. Mm -hmm. We're assuming that we know what the creative solution is gonna be to help market it more and more and more, but you really don't. You you have a decent idea and you try with all your might to get it, but then you just have to roll it out and see what happens. Right, but PJ. 
just because you don't win doesn't mean that you lose, like you, totally. like you were saying, right? So, I mean, something comes out of every creative process, right? Some sort of growth has to come out of it, whether you think about things in a different way or whether a relationship comes out of it that may not come to fruition until a few years down the road right. or something comes out of every experience, right? Yeah, but Lori, and, I'll say like you're... The assumption is is that you can retain the entity long enough to make that investment worth it, right? Yes. Because I, I you can say, I got this great relationship, but I didn't have the cash flow to make it past next year. That relationship doesn't pay off in time. doesn't give you the return. Yes. So there are the these like reality of... of but I'm talking about even just purely solving the marketing problem for the, the brand that it's for and what that does for the brand itself. You'll never yeah. know it as well as the marketing experts on their side. You, you, you never but, know it as well. Right. Yeah. That and is true. I think that as creatives, you help drive the marketing solutions. And as marketers and clients, it, it, it goes both ways because I think that creatives challenge marketing folks to be to think out of the box and in, a, in a, a richer way and maybe sometimes in ways that are unexpected right and as clients we have to be better clients so you know i mean i've walked into many many environments and i've inherited creative teams and i've i've seen you know i'm just, it's a unique position and perspective mm -hmm. but <clears throat> As a client, I've walked into in-house departments where they are a hot mess and there is absolutely no infrastructure. It's difficult to be a good client and know that you've, you're, you're sitting on this mound of stuff that you have to get done. And sometimes you need people to come in and say, okay, this is where we start. We gotta strip it down to the studs and I need a creative, a great creative house mm -hmm. to help me build it back up. It's the one thing that drove me to the brand consulting side is that I want to make the client side better so that agencies can be creative right. and, and create better direction with better strategies yeah. and, and better branding briefs and brand mm -hmm. discovery first. Before you call your agency to solve it for you, right. you have to know who you are. Absolutely. And that's what I, you know, I preach and so preach and preach to my teams. Yeah. Like, know your current brands. And so, unless you've walked through a brand discovery and you really know who you are, who you're not, how, you know, your brand essence, you can't possibly give agencies good creative direction. So, so give me yeah. a, all, we have, I almost feel like we have the entire pipeline in, in the room right here. Give me an ideal project from beginning to end, how all this rolls out properly, where there, isn't these challenges or flaws or putting people in the wrong position, like you say, Lori? Like, what? How would it? What would it look like if you, if you can? I'll start with you, Alberto. We'll start with, you know, the the creative side saying, well, ideally it would work for me in a certain way, and then maybe from the marketing side to hear it and to see, like, maybe there's actually a different understanding of what's expected. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, for us, generally, because for us, this is our language. It's not, you know, it, it is a lot less uh, effortful than it might seem on the outside. For us, I think we just want to don't, know. Don't tell them that. 
The process is laborious and there's complexity to that, but the, the, the aim, right? So I think from my standpoint, I, I, would, I love it when I'm in relationships when people tell me, this is my aim. This is the result I want to obtain. Mm-hmm. As opposed to when people come to me and say, this is the vehicle, yeah. right? This is a vehicle I want you to manifest because it will do a thing that we think is right. For us, what we want is, this is the emotional lever. This is the change I want you to manifest. If you come to me with that, I will say, this is how you do that. You know, we talk about seven. You know why seven is an amazing title? Seven is an amazing title because it does what a title sequence should do, which is takes an audience from one emotional state. We walked in the movie theater, we got some popcorn, my girlfriend, wife, husband, kids, everybody's next to me, I'm in space, and takes them, funnels them to a completely different emotional state. It just moves you through a series of moments, visual moments, and at the end of that, you're, you're changed, right? Wow. You start in a space, and you end in a different space, and now the movie starts, and now I'm ready. I'm no longer the person I was, you know, three minutes ago. Now I'm a different person, I'm ready for this, right? Fight Club, Medulla right? That whole piece does the exact same thing. It just starts with this abstract series of images and it puts a number of subliminal images with you in your mind. And by the end, I'm ready for the story. I'm in the right place. That's what we do. We just, we're emotional wranglers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The excitement for us is just changing emotion. Do you want that to be change behavior? We'll do that. We can do that. We can understand that. If you tell me, if you tell him, you say, I want people to go from this state to this state and be left with this sense of wanting to do this thing. We want to do that. We can do that. But if few you, clients come to us with that. You, okay. you mentioned seven. Yes. That's really insightful, by the way. And you mentioned seven. I don't take away what seven did or what, you know, what it means to you guys. But being the person that was <laughs> on the set and in the room and in the editorial and dealing with IP and dealing with negative, we had no idea that we were going to. Oh, do I know, that, right? I know. And, and I mean, I like the God showed up and delivered a gift to the world. It doesn't matter. At the hands of, of mistakes it's, and craziness and insanity. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's I'm not really sure that's the ideal job. See, half these gray hairs came from that. It's, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The point is that, like, we can look at it and say, well, it does what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Right? I don't care how you got there. Yeah. We, we don't get into the weeds of that. Yeah. Shit, this stuff that we go through, yeah. get through a project sometimes, you, you don't even want to be part of it. Yeah. There's a lot of thought and process. It's not all linear and just and clean. There's a lot of emotion that goes into it. There's a lot of headbutting. I love a good argument in my team and I encourage it. And sometimes shit gets really irated. Well, I remember. But yeah, we're aiming into the direction, right? We yeah. know that somewhere in there, there's a carrot and we're going for that carrot. And we know that whatever our process is, is going to get us there. And the point is that we're here to get a result. Yeah. At the beginning, right, I, I, tell, I look at myself at 27, I knew everything about design. I knew it all. I knew everything about design. Nobody could, could contribute a thing to me. It was all about form. It was zero understanding of function. But it was all about form. And my guy, like, look like some of the pieces I did then. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. They did nothing for anybody, right? Yeah. Today I'm about function. Form for function, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it has to serve a purpose. So I think that's that's my point. Just purpose, yeah. Tell yeah. me what you want us. Tell us what you want us yeah. to do. What does this thing have to do for you? Right. And if we start there, then we can contribute levers, processes, ideas 
then you go into your room and you come up with the next step, right? But most and creative come briefs don't have, I mean, all of, all of our creative briefs always said, and what emotion do you want to evoke when you're done watching this, whatever it is, promo, sizzle reel, what, brand campaign, what do you want to evoke? And that was always the biggest stumbling block. Most important for, question. Yes. It is. It is the most important question, but it's not included on a lot of briefs. It's not. Hardly ever. Do you know how often so, you just get a good agency? That's the first question, in my opinion, that we should ask. Yes. Yeah. yes. But it gets into a funky it, thing, too. The, the, the brand needs to know who they are yeah, to be able to answer saying. that question. Because if, if, they, you're, if you're, you're right, serious yeah. and you're telling me you want to suddenly be comedy, that's like... Yeah. VW deciding they want to make a Ferrari. Yeah. It's just that their market isn't, that's not their market. Like it's, right. See, but here's what the thing, I usually though. put on a brief is the challenge for you, I mean, you've seen, I think you have, you know, oh, yeah. our challenge is da da da. The challenge for you, and we lay out the things that we need mm-hmm. your expertise or your creative energy to help us solve. So it's like, here's this whole education about us. Here's this whole education about our audience. Mm. Here's this whole education about why our audience engage with us. And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to tell this overarching campaign that has all of these elements, but we don't want it to make you feel like a laundry list, blah, blah, blah. So there's all these tactics, but you know, what's our strategy for an right. overarching story? But you, you're absolutely right. What emotion do you want? Mm-hmm to be, what what is your outcome? What do you want this outcome to be? What is the emotion that you want your audience to feel? Well, I, I, I wonder if it's deliverable, like you can put on a list, or my question would be, if they don't know, if the marketers don't know, isn't it then your responsibility to tell them? No, because you can't tell somebody their why. You right. can't tell Volkswagen, you, you, here's exactly. your why. Yes, yeah. exactly. Just, you're, you're just guessing at that point. If, mm. if you get but into Volkswagen that scenario. Is, but Volkswagen is going to have an objective. We are trying to do this. And whatever that emotion, they want you to help them convey that emotion in a story or creative. They want you to form that into some kind of emotion. The, the solution you're describing is actually mostly the problem, right? So you yeah. get to a doctor mm-hmm. and you say, doctor, it hurts right here. And the doctor looks at you and says, okay, well, let's just start thinking through it, right? But imagine you go to your doctor and say, doctor, I think I have strep throat. Or maybe not. Continue. And don't let your doctor look inside your throat. How's that relationship going to go? And this so, is a lot of times so let me ask my question that's, right that's interesting could you right yeah could yeah. you over deliver could you and then say they write something no, on a, yeah. a brief you and they, could you actually you do be better hero. than they've asked yes i always say to people here's here are your guardrails this is what has to happen this is what needs to be achieved but the way it needs to be achieved Go for it. And and you know what? Mm-hmm. Give me something that's not on the brief. If you really want, here's all the info. Yeah. If you want to think about the problem, and by the way, my internal creative team also wants to pitch this because they always feel like they're the bag and tag guys. Right. So they're also pitching it and they yeah. know the brand like inside and out. But, you know, give me more. You know, get, make it make it better. And, and But the whole process is sort of this this communication flow and I mean seriously that's why I broke up because I want to help folks internally be able to walk through that brand discovery process so that you know what emotion because if you walk through and you look at all the adjectives that your brand should be executing against the emotion is there It, it should be there now how it comes to life and how you I mean because let's say bold 
looks very different. Yeah. And and you could it visually bold can mean twenty different executions. Right. So really defining that and peeling back the layers is why we want agencies to give more. So show me what bold looks like in, in not in three different colors, but show me what yeah, bold right. looks like in three different ways. There's companies that know their why, there's companies that don't. But there's also this in-between where there's companies that know their why, they're just not explaining it right in the right, creative Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where we have to be kind of and, investigators. And, and, yeah. and so if you have this sort of surface sort of inadequate creative brief, I think a lot of people are looking. Just throw me. it back at them. Help me figure this out because this is what I do know. I don't know what I don't know. Exactly. And I'm looking for you to help me exactly. build that I, I think that, that it's, like. a, it's yeah. a two-way street. It's that's a conversation. A you know, yeah. And it's a relationship. And that's, I think, again, when it comes into this area of trust. Right. Yeah. Right. And you asked, like, what is this ideal project? And I would say it's, it's about the ideal situation. It's... Give me what you know, give me what you believe in, express that to me in the best way that you can. And right. then us as creative vendors, creative partners, I think industry-wide need to grow up a little bit and be able to say, that's not a design problem. Let's talk about communication. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you know brand pillars. Let's talk, like, yes. That let's, is such a great point. It's like, yeah. I, I feel it's, like, you know, everybody on the, uh, and, and I'm putting this in, in binary terms, but on the client side, um, suffers from working with businesses that are run by people who are not realists about running a business and solving problems. And we are romantics and we're optimists, but we need to be able to say, like, look, level with them and say, this is not our problem to solve. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about going beyond design and getting into communication, getting into real branding issues, and be able to reflect some of that back yeah. on mm-hmm. to the clients that we have and the relationships right. that we have. So, right. you know, the answer for me is really just a situational trust where you can do that and people aren't afraid. People aren't afraid to lose their jobs or to lose face. Or lose the assignment? Or lose the assignment. But there's, Absolutely. Yeah. There's a giant disconnect. No, none of the creatives are trained for that. Right. No, it, at all. It's true. But I think close. that when you... this, We have 40 years of experience between the three of us. We're trained for that. You're it's, welcome. Yeah. It, yeah, it's time for us, I think, as creative entrepreneurs to step to into a more mature yeah. space. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And to be able to stand up for ourselves and say, we're not going to solve your brand philosophy problem by putting pen to paper in a design center. My finish is this, is the problems you described of rent, payroll, overhead for small design companies, you have this massive pressure on you and you're afraid on your side to say your brief is inadequate. Mm -hmm. Why? Why are you afraid? Because you're afraid of losing the job. You lose you're afraid you actually of need cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just? And you just need to overcome throw it that. Back in, you in need to overcome There's a reason it. why you've been asked to be in the room. Right. Right. So no. because you've crossed the threshold to yeah. be in the room, is almost like permission to have an open dialogue because you've you've made it into almost, the room. Almost. Almost. But I wish. people on the other side, you're putting yourselves in their shoes and saying, 
I don't know who's in the room. I don't know who's you going know, to be listening to this right. conversation. And I don't want to make you look stupid or like you're not doing your job right. So it's you have to be extremely tactful. Sure. And my, my finish is this. I have probably 70% of my clients I have great trust with. And I can say that to them. I can say, hey, like we're laughing about it. Like you guys know this yeah. isn't enough for us to go off. Like, so I'm going to ask you this, this, and this very pointed question mm -hmm. and get back to me. But with new clients and with high stakes, you don't have that level of conversation many times or the ability to have that level of conversation. And, you know, I would like to lose fear on the agency side and be able to say those things and ask those pointed questions and say your brief, brief is inadequate. And I would like the client side to not have the fear of you know looking inadequate or, or yeah. you know losing face um, to answer those questions. And you also can't and make I, a blanket statement, Josh, because you're you have many years' experience and you know it. Some of the three years in the industry that tells these ladies your stuff is inadequate. You can't. They do don't that. even know what they're talking. No, they don't know what they're talking. They have no. You, you have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you're saying you don't ask because it's a matter of respect for the room. No, I'm just saying yes. there's a lot of tact involved in my ideal situation is yes. an open dialogue. That's so, so that, that was really excellent, by the way. How about this side? What's your ideal project look like that would stack up to hand over to an agency? The, the process that, that we would go through was very, very deliberate. We know what the issues are. We know that we're going to, you know, call five agencies to come in to do an RFP. Three of them are going to come back with, you know, the most amazing responses. You know, three or four are going to end up in the room. The ideal process for me is that, is that myself and my team really think through and have had brainstorming sessions beforehand to create a strategic branding brief that gets stapled to the creative brief. They are not one in the same because the branding brief informs you of who the brand is, what your current you know problems are, challenges are, issues to be managed, however you want to slice the word, it's it's a it's a it's a hurdle that that needs to be jumped over or crawled through. And the process is that we are buttoned up and that my creative people or whoever's writing the brief knows as much about the brand as the marketing people do. And my goal is to make our agencies, extensions of our team. It's not to, to, to have a one-shot Sally and then it's over. Um, so my ideal situation would be everybody's buttoned up. We know what the situation is at hand. We give very, very clear direction. But on the back end of it, the communication has to be there. So if there's something missing that's not in, you know, the 17 pages of things that we've just delivered and, um, and all the history and everything else, what? We need to have an open dialogue before you come in and pitch again. And I don't care if it's 10 conversations, it's, you can't possibly give me what I want or what I'm going to be, or what I need, if you don't have all of the, all of the information. Sometimes sure. there are these big, huge, ambiguous things that are left on the table, and that's where 
you know, creative solutions come into play. It could look like this, but guess what? We kind of went off your brief and we thought about it in this way. And sometimes those are the best aha moments. We call it the wild card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we literally, do, yeah. We, do, we, do it, we do it exactly like that because we do what's asked for and then we do wild card. Yes. I guess we'll get picked up four out of five times. But guess what? Sometimes clients don't know what they want. No. And that's why the briefs are written so shitty. Yeah. You know, because they really don't really understand what the problems so are. Even if it's like, written well, sometimes there's just... Sometimes it can be too much information. So so it sounds like a a little bit in your angle situation, there's an ability, because they're extension, that they can read your mind. They know from all the work they've done. Not that they can read my mind. But if you're an extension of my team, I have to do my job to inform you. It's almost like you work there. You know everything about my... My current situation, just as if you came into work every single day, and I would even say that sometimes media agencies, we would um, open up an empty office for them, and they would live in our office for two to three days out of the week so that they really understood the nuances and the ins and the outs of the brands. The creative agencies don't have that same luxury, but if they wanted to, they could move into an office. So you're so, totally open for dialogue. Completely if they got open, something that they didn't again, understand, they could call you and say, I actually don't understand this brief. Can you go over with me? hundred percent. And before and we don't just deliver the brief. Yeah. So it's about making your agencies the best possible agency so that you can be a good client on the reciprocating end of it. Yeah. So when we deliver a creative brief, there's a meeting, to have a meeting to talk about the creative brief. And we're going to sit and we're going to explain really in detail what, what all these issues are and we're going to lay it out. And then you guys can go back and absorb it and... and and you know, dissect it and sleep on it and then call me 500 times in the next week if you need to. Because maybe if I had it figured out, I would just give it to my own internal agents, or my own in, internal execute. team, and say, yeah. you know, execute this, 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 and this, and I'll help you write the script, and off you go. Yeah. But you hire agencies to think differently, yeah. to help you kind of approach things from the left side instead of the right side. What do you think, Katia? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, really go deep with briefs. I have audience information. I mean. I'm lucky to be a part of a brand group that we, we, we're very clearly defined, but we're, our challenge is how do we evolve our story and tell our story even stronger in the marketplace that, you know, a lot of times people have a very sort of um, sense of what Scripps is about. It's like, oh yeah, I know who you are, or you're little, you know, you're great and you're nice and you're not very, you're... You know, I, I know what to expect from you. So we really try to continue to elevate our creativity. We really have a great, you know, audience story about the, the consumers who connect with us. So our challenge is how do we elevate our storytelling in a way that gives us some, you know, nuanced creativity, something that sets us apart in the marketplace, something that gives us a, 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 a new energy and new dynamic. So we do have a really detailed brief with some really great insights from our research team about our audience and why our audience loves us, our content, our the challenge that we're trying to solve for this particular cycle of a storytelling. And we and and to your point about here's a brief, we have a meeting about it, you know, there's a deadline for a set of mm-hmm. ideas, but you know, and we set up a timetable in between that you get the brief and, you know, like let's have a meeting after you've absorbed it in another week and a half to see if you have any other questions as you're thinking about 
exactly. how to come up with an idea. We can get on a phone, answer a lot of questions, bring some new nuances that you may be thinking that's missing that we didn't think about or we perhaps didn't answer. And it also shows us how you're thinking about us and if you really read through the brief and kind of getting <laughs> getting us a nuance, I mean, we're, we're writing a seven-page brief, and quite frankly, I've I've been a, you know with an agency I don't work with them anymore that really didn't read the brief at all mm. and came back with something totally different that wasn't what we asked for, and it it's like right. a lot of times they're like, well. For the brief, you're not telling what's in it. And that was to my point and of that's, maturity. And that's another it's part like, of it. Yeah. Let me ask this so, question. I'm going to be the contrarian here. Because mm -hmm. when I hear seven-page brief, I think, where's the intuition? Where's the spark? Because that sounds like analysis, dissection, and time. Uh, but and sometimes well, but it's about it. Let me ask, let me ask okay, a different okay. question that maybe might sum it up. Okay. I'm thinking of the creative brief for the iPod. So if you guys know the story, people, some journalists asked Steve Jobs, hey, what was the market research you did on the, did on the iPod to come up with that you know, game-changing thing? And he said, we didn't do any market research. We thought it would be really cool, and we went and made it. So my question is, where is the room for that? But there, was something, but there was something in his head. He just didn't put it on paper. There was something that was detailed for right. him, and he had an a, idea. There was a certain lightning in the bottle. And he executed it or whatever. Plus, he already had in his head. He doesn't even know about he it. Probably had, he probably already had the picture of what that was. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, there was magic. a brief, but the brief was... Yeah, but it's not magic. If, on you, market. Were, if you had a female brand, like I know when I ran my agency, we never right. pitched we, because we were a bunch of dudes. I'm just asking the question, can, could you, would you hire a bunch of men to advertise your uh, pregnancy product? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to know why? Yeah. Because I was, a, I was a woman that had no kids, but I was doing kids marketing. I'm a woman who, who promoted football, who's, who couldn't throw a spiral to save yeah. my life. I was At a woman who promoted the UFC, yeah. who couldn't, I couldn't throw around. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Know your audience, know who you're marketing to, know where the emotional you know, touch points are, and know the brand. Right. I know work, your current so brand. I worked on History Channel, I worked on History Channel, where the audience was 80% men. And they, they didn't reach women, pretty much. And it was like, how do you get men well, you're just one of the to 20, love you're that, the whatever. So it was about this sort of passion for something that was, yeah, I mean, you know. It, so is that insightful to you guys though? Like, is this, it is. Just like, is there I something there that you've not heard before? Or there, there's some kind of insight into what's possible or I mean, I think everything, every job is different. It's all different. It's all different. <laughs> and I, I think, again, it goes back to this, like, sense of optimism. Like, yes, I think we need to, as creative, you know, in, in enablers and creative producers, we need to be able to, like, reflect back on our clients and ask the hard questions mm -hmm. and have those conversations. And frankly, that's really my job now. It's not pushing pixels around. It's having conversations it's a about yeah, but it's it, that's really 
it's like therapy. It's it's kind of fun too, and it's like embrace the um, embrace the strategy, embrace the emotional marketing context that you're looking to reach, embrace the philosophy of of it all, and have great conversations, mm-hmm. and then allow that to inform your team and your creative process, and do the best work that you can within what your clients are looking for, and have those conversations. And it's fun. It's interesting. Embrace that. But the aha moment, I think, that just came out of all of this for me, from both sides, is I think the clients have to give their agencies permission to say, you know what, here's the deal, guys. If there's something that you don't see, please ask. Because if you don't ask, it's like walking into an interview and not asking any questions, you know? And, and And it gives the wrong impression if because creativity means you're inquisitive right you you, want to peel back layers but if there's no questions then where's the inquisitive part of the process and i think that's where the disconnect and the breakdown happens because the fear comes in about losing it this is not a design problem that's right we need to talk more about this we need to be confident and mature enough to do that and like you know i started my business when i was 25 years old and i wasn't those things Mm -hmm. you know and to, to a long time to get there to get to the point where I could feel like I can reflect back on my clients. Because I wanted to circle That's back right. on that what you said because you know you you know a client may say I have this but they may not realize you don't have a brand pillar you don't have so looking to it. you to say oh my god I mean think about that and so you're giving them some insight I would hire I would hire yeah. your head of marketing <laughs> if you don't know brand <laughs> pillar. But kind of like you, you said know, at the beginning, not everyone is trained for the for job. That. Yeah, well, there's so a concern they, too with so younger creatives to not feel like they have permission to ask those questions or somehow need permission to, and that's kind of a problem. Right. You don't but need to, permission. You you can ask and be told no, and you're not a failure. But young creatives get into this thing where they don't speak up or don't yeah. think that they can. But that's yeah. emotional intelligence. <laughs> it is. Right? Yeah. And and I don't know that what do they say your cerebral core is not fully, you know, developed until you're twenty two. I, I don't you know, I don't know. And and I think that comes from experience. But that it comes not- from being in a room and getting exposure to a larger room to be able to read rooms and to be able to, you know, know when's the right time to speak up and when, you know, do you pull back. And that's only by having a good creative mentor at the top to say, right. all right, I'm going to give you exposure. You're going to come to this pitch, but today you're just going to listen. Yes. And I want you to watch, you know, pay attention to the room. And then, you know, when we come out of it, tell me what happened in that room from your perspective. It's, it's an interesting dance it is, you know, to mentor people. You can it see is a the lot marketing of the really successful yeah. studios, especially the really young ones, have caught that really early on. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy and it takes a right. kind of just have to have it when you're that young but I, I, can, yeah. I can name multiple studios where like the owners even at 25 or 23 were have that mixture of being really bold to ask questions the kind of courage to just not really give a shit and do yeah. something awesome and but also we're super attentive and it's the rest of us figure that out more 10 or 15 years into it it's, well it's, it uh, takes time and you know I do have a question on the on the client side. How do you even know if it's successful or not after it's completed? Like, like when we. I mean, that's a great question. You know, a lot of times when you're you have something in your head that you're you you're you're looking for, you know, a great creative to help you bring that to fruition and help you think about it deeper and you know uh, you know wider than you 
thought that that's possible or what's a great story that takes us to a next level. And I guess the success is if you're just blown away and your, your bosses are blown away and your team is blown away and there's like, oh my God, this is the best thing. I mean, that, that's, that's happened for us. Yeah. Where it's just, it's, it did the job and even more. It but does it always have to be a touchdown or can it just be a first down? Um, or just just a yard gain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you are looking for the touchdown. Do you know what I mean? Always, and yeah. always and before <laughs> you know, and you're <laughs> if you're not quite there for the touchdown, you're hoping that you know within the window that you have to have the deadline that that touchdown is still possible. Right. So you're working with the agency to fine tune to. You know, like, ah, oh, Zama's, what do you think? It, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're you're always looking for the touchdown. But don't you think that you also try to deliver that every time? In a way, that idea of success is... Yeah, of course, you want it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's why... Why are we even talking about a film title sequence from 25 years ago? I mean, that's not even related to the industry. I think what... It's the same thing as to why we do what we do for you guys. Right. If it's so beautiful and... and so aha it that it got all of us to pick up to start a career like that's what we're after even for yeah. the projects we do for you guys that's we you know that like holy shit moment and that's that's right. that's that's brief and beyond i mean it's yeah just sort of, yeah and it's interesting back to the creative brief thing that you know i think what they do more even the, sh the crappy ones it kind of just warms you up to get into the flow to either solve the problem or have that aha moment, but you won't have that warm up unless you have that creative. Unless brief. you have the foundation. Because because we you know we're coming to it colder than than we're. I mean, it's almost like acting a little bit. You kind of have to learn the role to be able to be in the zone to do you know, Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator or something like. So, right. Sometimes we come to the same problem for two completely different positions. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, for you guys, you're thinking, hey, this is one of a hundred things I had to put into place. It's gotta be into place, in and out, no problem. For us, that's an opportunity to make something amazing every single time. It never changes. That's just what motivated us. For us, it's 100%, we're 100% vested in, right? Mm -hmm. So recently, advertising agency comes to us, comes with a brief. They have a brief, they have a clear understanding of what they wanna do. We come in, we question the brief. We say, look, we don't think that your brief is correct. We think that you are misinterpreting the need of your client. They say, Shut the fuck up, do what we told you, right? Of course, not in the term, but in a sense of like, look, we did the science, this is the thing, just stay with it, do it. We do it. The client comes back later and says, this is not what we wanted. Then they come back to us and now they're trying to make this thing work, right? Now, to their credit, they come back later and say, okay, you guys were right, which is really rare. We don't want to be right. We want to help you solve the problem. Exactly. So you have to... All, I come from every single creative problem I come to, to my team to, I come from a position that I have an inkling that I might be wrong. And I always tell everybody, question me, right? Challenge me. Let's just make, let's make sure that I'm just not on a tangent, right? So you have, that's the trust. It's a, it's a meta. It's not just like, hey, here's your two degree latitude. Move it in this two light degree. We, we give us the best you can do within this two degrees. You have to help us question that maybe the premises that you're giving us might be wrong because 
a counselor is an external person that comes to you and says, these things are, are unintelligible to you. For an external person, they're pretty clear, right? We are the external person. We're the counselor. For us, sometimes we see things that you don't see. So again, just help us not just ask the questions of like, can we just move an extra degree? But it's like, is your premise correct? You're trying to operate a certain change. We might see something that you don't see purely because it is nothing to us. For us, it's just a design problem. So you're asking pure. them to be bold in their response. That's right. Well, I, I have to say that the, part. I think yeah, the right. best response that I've gotten from an agency was when I've given them the seven-page brief or whatever. They've had a week to go through it, and they come back with their own brief that says, this is what I've heard from you. This is what I see that you're trying to solve. And they bring some other insights that that brief, whatever. So they, so to your point about, you are looking at the structure of what we're trying to solve. I'm sorry, I keep going to that. Yeah, yeah, but it is. It but is. then right. you're you're showing me that okay, this is what I hear that you're, and then you're putting your own insights into that. That to me is that great partnership. So because look, then you've taken my thinking foundation and you've built on that. Because you're telling me that you heard me, but then you're telling me, you know, some things that, you know, that you're building on based on that. It's a real bad. Or what you're saying is, to your point of like, I'm not sure if the brief's inadequate, is is adequate, but you're you're building on like, this is what I believe is missing. Right, right. I'm still taking what you see as your challenge, but I'm building that and showing you some things that could even be a more a substantial win for you. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are that you? to me is a great part. That so my real question is to tell you, of these three companies, which one are you going to hire next? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> no, and, and I would say like this conversation. It's it's really interesting, but I feel like we're all kind of on the same page. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's not like you know two sides of a coin. It's really kind of like we're all facilitating. We're all facilitating collaboration, and we're talking about really extending that idea, yeah. right? And right. and having an open dialogue. And I think that you have enough experience around here to know that without that dialogue, we yeah. could do great, right. beautiful things, but solve the wrong challenges. Yeah. And you know, and then it becomes aimless, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it, yeah. and then it doesn't make right. our next day go okay yeah. and, and that's really what it's about it's it's yeah. not just like it's loving what you do it's loving what you do yeah. it's not necessarily about expressing your personal views it's about kind of solving these things and doing it in a way that's really satisfactory and really kind of helps everybody who trusts you yeah, yeah. your staff your clients right. and that all coming together to create great content so like that's I, I think that's what we're all here for, yeah. Yeah. and we're all on the same page here. But like I hope, you know, I, I do think that question earlier was interesting. The five years into it, what would you tell yourself? And I would ask them to kind of listen to this conversation because yeah. I, I, I honestly think we're all. Kind but, of, but there's something too. It's because it, I think there is this tendency as we get older, as business owners, to then really overanalyze it and there is something Sometimes to you gotta let it rip you do that exactly <laughs> yeah. that's, that's exactly I was just gonna say exactly that this needs to be a session at Promax this 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it is. You just wrap home maps for every session. This is be an audience down But that's just sometimes you should have to talk about that intuition. Like sometimes you just have to do that thing that you feel it. You're like, I gotta go for this. That's why you gotta hire people much younger than you. Give them some carte blanche. If you do, that's exactly it. You just have to. If you, they're kind of like the young ones are like Uzis. You just kind of have to point them. They're not accurate. Yeah. But no, but the shock and all works. Sometimes so structured now it's like so architectural that is it fear is i think on the corporate side that fearless kind of mentality gets you up that ladder really quickly because you're full of great ideas and energy and you get recognized and noticed because you have a voice in the room and then you get to a certain point and you're like holy shit i better duck yeah. Because that same that same enthusiasm, then you have to learn how to play politics. Right, too and on the creative side, it's that, that flip moment is when you're creative and you love to do what you love to do and you're creative and they're the suits yeah, yeah. and but then all of a sudden you're the creative in the suit because now you own the business. Mm-hmm. And it's you kind of wake up in the morning maintain, 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 you, maintain. you just step <laughs> over to the other side. Eventually the pirates have to become the Navy. That's exactly <laughs> good. That was awesome. That's a great... That's pretty good. It's so true. so memorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a good point. Well, it's hard to maintain the pioneering... As we Emotion as, as we through, age, yeah. I think we shift from from promotion right, exactly. That's how I am. to preservation. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, there's right. just more. Yeah. We've gained a lot. We leverage a lot. There's and more, honestly, there's it just gets more complicated because then you're not on the. Then you're the boss. Well, and honestly, <laughs> we slow down on purpose too. We actually don't have to work as hard because we can work smarter. But that creates blind spots. That's just that's just the process of maturing in life and in career. But what I love what Josh is saying, or what you can pick it up on is, but if you are looking at the perspective correctly, then you've gained the opportunity to speak in the room. And that's where you want someone to say, if you've gained all of that over all that time, speak up. Yeah. Because then you, what you've invested in actually pays off. To, to spend all those years and all the time and then to be quiet in the room, to not contribute and not ask right. and not consult and not, not you know, um, share and build your I, I have a feeling that a lot of smaller creative creative agencies are afraid to do that yeah and are afraid totally. to well, challenge yeah. their clients and potential clients in a way that's effective and i think that's a symptom of boutique creative agencies in general not being mature enough as businesses and i think that you know it's it, it's kind of an issue with creatives starting their own businesses as artists and it being this really personal endeavor Mm -hmm. and not being able to see beyond that Mm -hmm. being really talented being really capable but again not being able to see kind of beyond their own artistic uh, sensitivities and um, and be able to as a business person reach out to the other side of the table and say, let's figure this and, out. And Joel and I have a new perspective on that specifically because there are young people that reach out to us and ask us specific questions about their business and we give them answers and they're not responsive. We know we absolutely know how to solve the problems. We know what it takes to put things in place and we can tell them and then they want to believe something else. Right, yeah. And it's just not time. The time yeah. isn't there yet. 
yeah. it will come we believe it we know it but you know that that responsive nature is what has to eventually be there you can trust that the things that like security and comfort and understanding is possible while also conquering the world and, and taking over. I, I would also say this, and, th and maybe this is coming from like a bit of a blue collar background. And, <laughs> and also I've, you know, when people talk to me about what experiences prepared you for owning your own business, many times I say being a bartender, working at restaurants and waiting tables and taking care of people, hosting people, taking care of people is really of such a big part of what mm -hmm. we do. Um, and when you're sensitive to what it is to take care of clients, there's a imbalance that can happen where you, and I'm just going to say this oh, yeah. couch as, <laughs> as clients, this side of the you room. guys on all practical levels are, are writing the checks and in a, on a conversation and a creative exchange level, that definitely puts you in a certain position and it puts us at a certain position. And the best work is done when it's even. Mm -hmm. When we're as an agency allowed to, or able to overcome that in a sense and get a level playing field as individuals and be able to have a dialogue that feels equal. And it becomes no longer, I'm your servant as a creative or I'm your vendor as a creative, I am your partner as an equal. I think this has been an amazing conversation. Yeah. And I would love to wrap it up kind of on that note. I think that the collaboration that you guys already put into this conversation in this room is very insightful. Um, I think there are some aha moments just for me as a listener, and hope there's been some for you guys as yeah. well. Uh, this was just an experiment. We wanted to see if we put We're all some, some chemistry in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more Jerry Springer, but it didn't really show that. Well, I, I was almost going to take it there. So thank you all for yeah. being part of this. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.